Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine Supernatural Edition. I am your host, Jasmine, and today we have Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Hi, Jasmine. And we will be talking about Supernatural Season 9. So, were you excited about this season, Adelaide? No. Uh, and uh, I'll be honest, I had a lot of trouble remembering this season, so apparently it's just like not even in my brain anymore. Mm. Um, I I was okay with this season, simply because it took place immediately after and we didn't get another huge time jump, and that's what I will say about that. As far as the season as a whole, it was an okay season, but let's just dive right into the recap. So immediately after the Angels fall, Metatron, like the fall that happened because of Metatron, the scrap of God, in case you guys forgot, fall, Sam falls into a coma and almost dies. Were you shocked and awed by um, Sam's almost death, Italy? No, I'm getting very tired of their almost deaths and their comas and their their massive health issues that turn out to be just fine later afterwards because angels or demons or witches or weird magic things were involved. And at some point, just stop. And it's it's for the drama at this point, and it's not dramatic. It's annoying. And at this point, if I were doing a drinking game, my liver would be shot. Definitely. Like every time Sam or Dean dies or goes into a coma. You would, one, be an alcoholic, and two, you would need a uh, um, liver transplant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Alcohol- I'd be dead by now. <laughs> Alcoholism isn't funny, and we support your decisions. Yes. Um, I think me laughing after I say stuff like that sounds patronizing. It wasn't very convincing, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Castiel, can I help the group? Because he has lost his grace. So Dean prays that another angel will come and help him. As he gets Ezekiel. Who says the only option that he has to save Sam is to possess him. Did you like the scene where Dean actually prays that somebody helps him? Yes, because we haven't seen it in a long time. And ever since they referenced that um, God just doesn't care and is gone or dead or whatever they said. Um... Ever since they've made that reference, Dean's whatever faith he had in whatever power there was is has been gone. He's prayed to Castiel a few times because he knows Cass can hear him, but at this point, even Cass is unable to help him. So to see him praying to something is actually pretty interesting because it shows that he still has what what little hope there is. He still has it. I agree. I thought it was great. And I also appreciated how Ezekiel came and like killed the other angel but was wounded in the process. And that's why he had to possess Sam. And he's like, yeah, um, you're lucky I got here because the others wouldn't have helped you. At least I was able to help you. But this is my term. Do you accept these terms? <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I don't like... I don't like that he gave him permission on Sam's behalf. Especially since we see Sam's, we see what Sam is doing and we see that he is, um, that, you know, he wants to die. If it's a promise that it's permanent, he's, Sam's done. I mean, that makes sense. 
simply because Sam is Sam is the one who is eager. Every chance he gets, he's ready to give up being a hunter. Every second. So I am not surprised that death as an escape is for him. Ouch. You cut out a little bit there. Um, basically Sam is always trying not to be a hunter. So even in death, he is just giving up his duty. Yeah, and I mean it's true. He's he wants this to be permanent, he wants it to be done with, he wants to stop coming back. And frankly, I don't know if I can blame him. Because, you know, the world is always gonna be in jeopardy. It's a lot of pressure on both of them to keep trying to save it. And Dean to some extent enjoys it. He lives for it. I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but you know, he he thrives on it. And Sam doesn't. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Dean was built to be a hunter. His father made sure Dean was a hunter, and his whole life mission is to hunt. Whereas Sam is like, I had dreams. I dreamed a dream of doing something else that it was unnecessary. But let's move right along. As you said, Dean accepts Ezekiel's offer and tricks Sam into giving his consent to Ezekiel to take over his body. The three of them are going out about life, and Kevin is with them. Crowley is a prisoner because they try to cure him, and we have everyone working to try to put the angels back in heaven, while the overarching villain of this season is Abaddon, a knight of hell, who they killed and then brought back to life, yes, no? Uh, essentially, yeah. Because like, nothing stays dead in Supernatural. Well, basically, this is their fault anyway, because she was gone. She was a non-threat. And they decided to try to cure her instead. And that was stupid, guys. Come on. Hmm. Um, did you like Abaddon? Yes. <laughs> as the over as the the um knight of hell who has decided to seize control and bring her hellish reign to earth uh, you... yes i feel like her so i feel like her uh her ideals are very stereotypical demon and that's after nine seasons it gets annoying uh but i do like her character i remember enjoying her character and her personality when she was featured at least I agree. I thought it was entertaining. It was funny. And, like, especially her whole aura. It's very, um, femme fatale. So, I appreciated that. Um, and I feel like a knight of hell should be on the throne of hell if Lucifer isn't. So, this made sense to me. I agree. I I feel like, you know, that's a logical progression of, um, of ascension and she should you know that's kind of her birthright at this point mm-hmm. i mean there's no prince of hell so ergo the knight is the next one <laughs> um castiel is now human and he is constantly on the run from thousands of angels who blame them blame him rightfully so for the setbacks that they are facing many of whom are led by bartholomew and malachi who seek to restore themselves back in heaven under their respective leaderships. So it's another angel civil war. My God, guys, come on. 
my problem with this was why we're already short on angels why are we fighting them they already fell and we already know a bunch of them died in the fall we already know a bunch of them died in the civil war a bunch of them died during um what happened before the civil war it was something else where a bunch of them died it was the civil war there was the they were trying to bring forth the great lucifer versus michael battle and oh yeah so they all came down to earth and fought everything and started dying so like how many angels are left like at this point they must be pulling every guardian angel like cherub angel i'm surprised we don't see just little kid cherub angels just walking around like yeah i'll kill you (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's the demon's job to possess creepy little kids (laughs) it's just uh, anyway what are your thoughts ellie i want to see the um i want to well, they they mentioned something about the angels circling too. That there's angels uh, after the fall. They they're just circling, trying to find a host, which that made it sound really creepy. I guess to an extent it is, but that that's still creepy. But I also I want to see like a list of who's still alive, who died, and you know, I mean, they have a scribe of God. Doesn't didn't somebody take notes on all the angels out there? Don't they have some sort of ledger for everybody, every winged thing that's flopping around around out here? Yeah, or was God basically like an absentee parent who was like, yo, there's one, there's a hundred, there's a thousand. Everyone has their jobs. I don't need to do anything with you. Bye. That and like, do they reproduce? Or I don't do think they so. Just... I, think, I think it's canon that they don't. Well, yes, but I didn't want to hint at that too much yet. No, I'm, th- I'm saying, I think Castiel mentioned like he doesn't have a sex drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he said something about, like, he never had the opportunity or something. That he was always busy. But the way he acts is that he doesn't have one. <coughs> well, until the season, but, yeah. <laughs> and for Dean, other than that. Um, were you surprised at the whole Bartholomew and Malachi um, fractions that formed? Also, why do angels always have to form fractions? I don't know. Maybe it's just the... I don't know. I was going to hypothesize, but I don't know. I don't know. Just They seem to want to do that, and then... They seem to want to do that, and they seem to want to kill each other. It's like there cannot be a certain amount at one time without them fighting and killing that number off. And then they freak out because, oh my god, there's too many... There's too few angels. Well, yeah, you killed yourselves. What do you think? Why, why do you think that is? Mm-mm-mm-mm. <sighs> Maybe it's a flaw in the design of the angel. Like, without God, there's no one to keep them in line. That's basically what this is. This is basically two um, siblings without a parent to check them and stop them from fighting. This isn't, Except I, with I mean, angels, they kill each other. It is, like, I agree with that analogy, but it's on, like, a mass scale. It's, like, what happens when you don't have a proper leader and everybody tries to take control at once and they all just end up fighting because, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Well, I mean, the whole, the final fight was supposed to be Michael and Lucifer, so ultimately it was going to be sibling versus sibling, and the first fight is Cain and Abel. We see Cain this season, so it's not spoilery. It happens this season. Don't tell me it's spoilery. I'm not saying that. I'm going to say you mean Lassiter. We see Lassiter this season. <laughs> I'm a psych fan, so that's going to keep coming up. <sighs> um... Let's see, blah, 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 blah. Sam and Dean, with the help of Ezekiel, go about their regular hunts. They also find Charlie and Jody. But over time, Sam starts to notice something isn't right with him. 
in which Dean wants to tell Sam, but Ezekiel insists his presence must remain a secret. And Sam's like, I'm losing time. I don't know what's happening. Maybe it's Lucifer. Like, he starts having this breakdown, which... Here comes the moment where I say something nice about Sam. This is a reasonable turn of events, and he should be nervous based on his history. I'm so glad this is recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what about you, Italy? Uh, For which? Um, The whole thing. Um... Uh, I don't know. A lot of it was like, for me, a lot of it, like, again, I'm having trouble remembering this freaking season because for some reason my brain is just like, oh yeah, that happened. Now we bypass it entirely. Um, But for like Ezekiel stuff, that is, I don't know. I'm really upset about the whole Ezekiel thing because I understand, you know, Dean's doing, Dean's doing it to help him, but am I jumping ahead? Um, well, he tries to tell, I already just said that he tried to tell, tell Sam about Ezekiel, but Ezekiel says, no, you can't tell Oh, yeah, him. yeah. Uh, yeah, and Sam's having the loss issues. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like doing this to Sam is, it's almost, I won't say cruel, but it's definitely like, it's with his best interest at heart, but you know, road to hell is paved with best intentions. And just because you have the best intentions and you're doing it out of love and understanding and you know the benefit of somebody that doesn't necessarily mean it actually is for their benefit and maybe if there's an angel saying hey no don't tell him yet don't tell him uh, after your experience with angels maybe you should consider that this angel has something else in his mind exactly exactly and it's very interesting to me that that didn't occur like he's like um sam's heel you can get out everything is fine and ezekiel's like no not yet it sounds very rapey when we say it like that it really is. It's very much like I'm not done yet. Like supernatural, supernatural tends to drift into that a little too much. It like as as we're going back through it, I think we said rapey more times than I'm comfortable with. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but let's try to move right along. Um, whew, uh, Metatron returns to Earth, and Ezekiel is revealed to be Gadriel. Now, this reveal came as a shock to everyone, because who would have expected an angel to lie, number one, about their identity? Because I don't think we've seen that before this moment. Did you? Uh, unless Metatron counts, then no. Hmm. Well, maybe that was the like setup for angels lie. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, Cassie, you, I you really... said that the way that, that they say the doctor lies in Doctor Who. <laughs> well, Cassie, I'll never lies. Like, yeah, well, that's not true. He lies, like, he omits facts. Yes, but that's, I mean, yes, technically it's a lie. I'm not going to debate that. But at the same time, it's not, I feel like morality-wise, for somebody that's doing it, it's a little bit different than saying something that's not true versus just not saying something. Hmm. I mean, I still, in general, you're still at fault and you're still a liar. But a lie of omission versus an outright uh, mistruth is different. So, Gadriel, for you guys who aren't caught up with your whole biblical thing, I didn't know this either for my Christian people. I was like, who is that? Why do I care? Apparently, he was the angel who was tasked with guarding Eden, and God handpicked him, and he failed because he let Lucifer into the garden. Number one, the Garden of Eden was freaking huge. 
why did we only have one angel guarding the Garden of Eden? When did he sleep? When did he do anything? Like, Castiel eats. Does Castiel eat, though, because he's in a human form and has to maintain that? Well, with an angel form, can they, like, can they be seen? Because wouldn't the people of the Guardian, the Garden of Eden have seen Gabriel at some point? Like, wouldn't he have to maintain? Well, no, it wasn't any humans for him to possess. Who came up with the whole vessel idea? Like, when know. did that come about? Because there's only two people. So he was literally in angel form. What if they would have seen him? And, like, angel form, from what I recall, original descriptions, they're terrifying. They're, like, seven wings, 400 eyes, a giant spinning wheel of fire with eyes. <laughs> I think you don't want that around the Garden of Eden that's supposed to be, you know, safe haven. There's nothing in there that's going to hurt you other than this talking snake, which you should probably be alarmed about anyway. Well, that's because Gadriel let him in. God. Like, Gadriel was supposed to... First of all, Gadriel is not equipped, if we're being honest, to fight an archangel. So yeah, what exactly. What was that? Was he supposed to call God and be like, yo, your son is here? Well, that, like, maybe he should have picked another archangel to deal with this. Mm-hmm. If he knew... Alright, I'm gonna drift into a little atheisty here. Sorry. Uh, if he's all-knowing <laughs> and all-powerful, he probably knew that Lucifer was gonna, you know, start acting up a little in his teenage stage. They all do that. So, if he starts coming... He, you know, maybe you should set up the good son that is not going to act out until later and put him as a guard. Well, considering the fact that he had just evicted Lucifer for not wanting to celebrate the birth of his new sibling, which, if we're being honest, if I am being asked to celebrate the birth of something that I deem less than me, like, that would be, as we said in an early podcast, the equivalent of a toddler, not even a toddler, probably a fetus, trying to compete with a grown adult. Yeah, and that's not fair. Right. Like, and then you're telling the adult, well, this just drifts into other territories that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> <Never> it's problematic. <laughs> it's problematic. Yeah, but... I think another archangel probably would have been a better idea there. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, God punishes him by locking him in heaven's darkest dungeon. Which, again, why do we need so many dungeons? Like, that we have to specify heaven's darkest dungeon. I also want to know why heaven, of all places, has the darkest dungeon. I want to know how many dungeons heaven has. Like, is there the dungeon of ultimate lightness? Like, what, are, what level of dungeon are we at? at this is point? that a dungeon or is that like a ball pit? <laughs> Well, it's heaven. Who knows? Like, if we're being honest. <laughs> anyway, did you like the reveal that this was Gadriel? Yes, and I apologize ahead of time because I know I'm going to start calling him Gladriel at some point, and I am so sorry. <laughs> but every t- I, it's in, it's imprinted in my brain. Um, I liked his. I don't know. I like the character reveal and I like the lie that went through because, you know, at this point, most of us were probably like, who the hell is Ezekiel? I don't I don't think we should trust this guy. Why does he want to still, you know, why is he still possessing Sam? When, and why does he not want Sam to know? Because he'll evict him. Like, at some point we knew something was off and that reveal is like, yeah, here it is, by the way. Here's what's off. You guys were right. Hmm. That is true. Were you, um surprised that 
Gadriel was so infamous and for someone who had been locked up since the beginning of time it's like since Eden days that everyone knew what he looked like and could instantly tell or is it like an aura thing do you think I think it's like an aura thing but also like we haven't heard of it, heard about him and the angel started in what season four or five one would think we would have at least heard his name at some point well, not really. Not if he's locked away and no one thinks he's coming back. It's much oh. like... Go ahead. It's similar to the whole God is gone and never coming back. Well, I still feel like, you know, we would have had at least, like, a history lesson of, like, oh, yeah, by the way, you remember when... You, like, it's it's referenced. Like, some sort of thing of saying, oh, yeah, the angel that was supposed to be guarding, you know, back in the fall, back when the fall happened, when the angel was that was supposed to be guarding guarding heaven let loose for it and then like just set that up a little earlier you don't have to name him but just reference that that was there also that would be very interesting to see how lucifer convinced him to let him himself into the garden of eden and now all i want is an interaction between those two (laughs) like just to watch that happen would be amazing to me well that Um, to watch just to see them now just to see how he would interact because you know there'd be a lot of taunting (laughs) anything else that you want to say no i'm good uh let's move right along to dean who discovers the gabriel's deception and tries to warn sam but gabriel now has full control and kills kevin first of all pure poor kevin like (laughs) kevin just cannot catch a break I feel so bad for Kevin. He dies at what? Like 17? Oh, this poor kid. (laughs) It's not funny. (laughs) Yet the laughing that says that it's not funny doesn't convince me. Um, so, did you, did you like Kevin and his storyline? Are you okay? (laughs) Um, yes, I liked, well, I mean, I kind of liked Kevin. I thought his, um, I don't know, he's, he's almost like a modern version of Job at this point, because the poor guy is just like, here, by the way, you're now the prophet of the Lord. You have to deal with all these demons attacking you. You have to deal with them kidnapping your family, kidnapping you, killing your girlfriend, and, oh, by the way, now an angel's killing you. And mother. They killed his mother. Like. She's and it's in this season. She's here, so she's alive. Is she in this season? Yeah. Oh, spoiler! <laughs> it's in this season. Hey, you cannot spoiler me if I can spoiler you for the other thing. <laughs> um, but you know, um, Dean is upset with the angel because he was deceived, and I don't understand why this was not expected. Like Dean is the smart one. Like aside from his legendary uh, Winchester dick. He is the one that plans things out or lucks into solutions. And this is like, oh, I didn't see this coming. Oh, no, he's taking over Sam. What do I do? I had no plan for this. I feel like saying Dean is the smart one. I mean, he is. He's the um, he's the combat savvy one. He's the one that has practical knowledge. Sam is the the research nerd with the more intellectual with the not intellectual necessarily the um the, he's the research knowledge he's the theoretical knowledge mm-hmm. and the two combined is the is the important thing that's what you want yeah but 
I feel so like Sam or Dean should have known this. Dean really should have seen this coming because I understand that it was out of desperation and I was praying to an angel and an angel came to help. Yeah. When they do that, they kind of seem to want something. Especially one that is not actively trying to kill you because you messed up heaven. Like, let's not forget the angels were after Sam, Dean, and Castiel. And suddenly there's a friendly one that only wants to take over and stay in Sam's body? Maybe that should be a red flag, Dean. I just need to recover my strength. That's all I need. And Gabriel, Gabriel is like, yeah, I'm fully recovered. Screw you, I'm keeping this body. You don't need it, right? What bothered me the most about that is that I, I am constantly thinking about what Sam is doing inside of his head. And that leads back to Sam's issue with, uh, or his his breakdown about Lucifer, because, you know, that's probably what was going on inside his head then, too. Hmm. Um, da, 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 Gadriel, uh, it, they try to expel Gadriel from Sam's body, um, after Sam reclaims his power, he, oh, after Castiel reclaims his powers by stealing the grace of another angel. How does human Castiel overpower another angel? Do you remember this? I do not, but I do remember him stealing the grace and being somewhat disappointed that Castiel, of all people, did this, but... I understand the desperation and the need of all of the angels going on right now, and even Castiel is subject to that too. So fine, also, whatever. Um, let's have a conversation for a second about how grace is basically a drug or cannibalism. Like I don't know which one you're saying. For some reason, it feels gross to me. It feels gross to me too, and there's a later season that feels even worse. So the way Grace is portrayed in this is really creepy to me. Like, are you getting it as a drug or as cannibalism? Because I'm leaning more towards cannibalism. I'm leaning more towards cannibalism, too. Um, I, I don't want to... I'm going to stop there because a later season has something that's a little bit more along the lines of a drug, I think. Well, because cannibal... Um, because, uh, what is it? Castiel basically, like, I'm using someone else's grace, so I don't know. Like, he uses that as a reason why he can't fully use his power. Because it's a diminished grace. So I appreciated that. Because hey, it put... Go ahead. Hmm? I, was, I saw the pause and tried to take my chance. Never mind, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, I agree. I feel like um, that makes sense for a lot of different... Like the ranks of angels and the hierarchy. And like an archangel couldn't like restore their grace entirely off of like Castiel's grace. They would need they would need like another archangel to properly restore it, like that sort of thing. And I feel like it makes sense that way, but Castiel I guess Castiel's a special case because he doesn't have he's been, you know, he's been brought back a couple thousand times at this point, so who knows And what, made more powerful. Yeah, since and he's made a more seraphim. powerful. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's a different class of angel, so it makes sense. It's not stated specifically, but he's a different class of angel. He doesn't necessarily know that, and so feeding off a regular angel wouldn't have been enough. Because originally he was, what kind of angel was he? I don't remember. I think he was just generic, regular angel. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're not I that specific in here. They aren't, but they should be because I think that would be very interesting. I you agree. Can know they're the hierarchy. Like, well, 
Well, there are three spheres of angels, too, so that would have been really cool if they included all those. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as this series continues, they finally forced Gabriel out of Sam's body. But Oh, I just mentioned that. They let the king of hell go. So, were you surprised that that was the deal for Sam? No, because they'll do anything for Sam. Um, and also because Crowley has this habit of you know, being trapped and then getting away and then getting trapped again and then getting away. So they just want to keep Carly around. And let's admit, he's fun. So that's why. Well, no, this is when they let Lucifer go, I think. Or, oh, no, it is Crowley because Crowley was a king. No, Crowley wasn't a king of hell at that point. Who was a king of hell? No, Crowley's technically the king of hell, but Abaddon wants to be the queen of hell. <sighs> Crowley's like, wait, is he at this point? Right, like because I know Kane tells him, "Well, why don't you take it?" And he's like, "Oh, that's a good idea." Hmm. Yeah, I think he is the king of hell because he was captured, but like no one respects him as king since Abaddon's back. Yeah, that might be the case because you know who would respect the random crossroads demon versus the knight of hell? Well, he's the king of the crossroads, so technically, crossroads demon. That is great. Like, I'm the king of the crossroad. Okay. Well, I'm a knight of hell. Exactly. (laughs) You have the crossroads. I have hell, which includes the crossroads. (laughs) Still mine. Uh, We also get the whole strain of the relationship of Sam and Dean. Because Sam is furious that Dean deceived him. I don't know why. Like, uh, Dean and Sam are constantly deceiving each other. At this point, this should be second nature to them. Yeah, really. At this point, it should just be like, okay, cool. Now we have our weekly fight about which one of us deceived the other, and then we're going to go have a beer. Right? That's how this works. Or this would be a perfect moment to box it out. Like, I'm mad at you. You did something I don't like. Here's a few punches, and we're, like, done. Jasmine just wants to see Dean get punched in the th- or Sam get punched in the throat by Dean. <laughs> That's all she wants at this point. <clears throat> uh, we also <laughs> we also get the whole crowd. Oh no, Kevin's death. Um, they're reacting and they're struggling, and especially Sam, which annoyed me to no end because Kevin got kidnapped on Sam's watch. How dare you pretend to care that he's dead now? See, I agree. On the one hand, like, he didn't bother to go look for him, and he didn't know that he'd gotten away, and that bugs the hell out of me. On the other hand, he probably sees him, his body killing Kevin. And, like, that would be horrific. Well, no, because remember, they made a canon that he loses time, and he doesn't know what's happening in those periods where Ezekiel takes over. Alright, well then, my brain is like, I haven't put this in order yet. <laughs> so that's I've lost not... time too, apparently. <laughs> A whole season's worth. <laughs> yeah, well, that's their fault. Um, but that's the whole thing that bothers me. Like, if they had made a canon that he understands that something is taken over, like when Lucifer takes... Like, I don't understand the rules anymore. I don't either. <laughs> Especially, like, I understand Sam being angry with Dean... Not because he, like, I wouldn't be mad about, I would be mad about the deception part of it. 
I would be more upset that he allowed an angel to possess me, not knowing that the angel was going to lie when he should have known because every experience at this point has led up to that. Well, not Castiel. Okay, fine. Dean's special lover, Castiel, doesn't count. <laughs> Castiel is constantly willing to sacrifice himself for the Winchesters. Yes, I know. They have a pet angel that, you know, totally <laughs> loves Dean, and Dean totally loves him. So much gay baiting in this show. <laughs> um, I am surprised that they tried to use Kevin's death as strain for Sam and Dean. Simply because I don't think the law... Like, they lose people all the time, if we're being honest, that are more important than Kevin. That they don't have this emotional attachment to. Yeah, I feel like Kevin, of all things, shouldn't have been the strain. It should have been the the whole, you let an angel possess me without my consent? No. Bad deal. Or you tricked me into giving consent. Basically, Dean date raped his brother with an angel. Thank you for saying that, because I wasn't going to be the one to say that, but thank you. <laughs> I was thinking that. Like He basically was like, let me slip this into your drink and say yes, right? Yes. Boom. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And that's what I would be mad about. I would not be as mad. I mean, I'd be upset about Kevin's death, which would be like a, you know, kind of a result from said, like, creepy angelic date rape. But other than that, like, I would be more upset at Dean for that. I, my relationship would not be strained because of Kevin's death. It would be, you told an angel to possess me without my consent and then tricked me into saying yes. I am going to be mad at you for a significant amount of time about this. If we're being honest, then Dean could just say, well, I was in hell and you didn't look for me. Eh. I don't like, know who's real? Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a trump card for most of, like, Sam's complaints. I tried to save your life and I messed up in the process. At least I tried. I don't know, because if we're staying with the date rape comparison, no, I'd still be mad. <laughs> True, it would still be angry, but I, like, I don't know, that'd be weird, because I, like, I got you date raped for a good cause. Like, yeah, that's the problem, like, if you make that comparison, then, like, you know, there's, there's no really turning back from that. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm still gonna be mad at you, I'm sorry. Uh, um, but, um, we also did not mention the bunker enough, so the bunker is a thing that Sam and Dean now have, and they have a home base. Did you like the bunker? I love the bunker. I like that it's like, it's almost bringing Bobby back, like in spirit, because it has the resources that they needed from Bobby. But it also, it serves as a place for them to be safe. And that is really important to me. I'm glad that they have a place that, you know, they are not constantly in danger the minute they set foot in something. They have, and it's, you know, it's not a motel where it can be easily taken over by demons. It doesn't need to be salted constantly. It's, it's someplace that, for once, is secure. Also, let's have a conversation about how they're constantly covered in blood and no one is reporting them. Like, what do the like hotel staff do at these motels? And, okay, on that note, they have to be using a laundromat for these clothes. You'd think these guys would notice, a, you'd think other people would notice a bunch of guys bringing in blood-stained clothes to wash. Like, I would notice this. And, a side note, when, where are these clothes? They have a massive wardrobe that cannot fit into the Impala. 
Especially because the back of the Impala is filled with weapons. And we exactly. never see the rest of these clothes. <laughs> this is a very extensive wardrobe for two people who are on the road constantly. <laughs> are they just buying new clothes in every city? And then they just chuck them out when they get too bloody? <laughs> that would make more them. sense. Yeah, like, that, that would make sense. what they're doing. Make that canon supernatural. Yeah, like, show us that. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. in the bunker, Castiel starts submission to find Metatron on his own and stay clear of Bartholomew Mule, <laughs> who um finds Castiel and tries to convince him to join his league of misfit toys. And Castiel is basically like, "No, I can't join you. I've already done enough. Woe is me." I can't, I can't, I can't do another rebellion. I I just have to be a solo a person and try to make sure this happens the way I want it to without any help because I'm definitely equally as strong as Metatron, the scribe of God. He doesn't without know anything. Grace. <laughs> well, he has his grace at this point. Well, no, he has, he has grace. grace. Yes. And he, my thing is this. The scribe of God wrote everything that God wanted him to. You're telling me that you think that you alone can take out the scribe of God? Yeah, if you want to go the knowledge is power route, then, like, dude, your ass is kicked. Don't try. Like, and even if we say that he only remembers about 10%, he had the angel tablet. He was like, yeah, I wrote this. I can read it for you. Yeah, there's no, there's no chance. Like, <laughs> I understand Castiel wants to make up for all the the atrocities that he has brought upon the earth for the last like what four seasons now. Yeah, Castiel is okay. just he is just a wayward child. <laughs> yes, he is. Poor guy. Uh, did you like Castiel not taking Bartholomew up on his offer? Because I was watching and I was like, this feels like something Castiel would do. So it was weird to me in his character development. That even if he wasn't going to take Bartholomew, he wasn't going to use the knowledge of Bartholomew to help him find Metatron. Bartholomew at least has an army. Yeah, I actually, like, looking back on it, I agree. I think it's a little weird that he didn't take him up on this offer because in previous seasons, this is something he would have done. This is something, he would have been fine to make that deal and then, you know, you break a few eggs, not a big deal, but at least we have the knowledge necessary to get to Metatron now. Do you think that this was an attempt at character development that went wrong? Um, possibly. I also think that maybe if they had given it a little bit longer, it would have worked. And a little bit more, like, had there been a little bit more foreshadowing to it and a little bit more development before this point, it would have been fine. Hmm. Um, we also find out that Crowley is on the hunt for Abaddon to find out to find the only weapon that can kill a knight of hell, the first blade in the Mark of Cain. First of all, let's talk about the first blade that was literally like a piece of bone. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, great, <laughs> this is a magically imbued what? Rock? Great. <laughs> this is a fossil at this point. It's fragile. Stop it. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we... Like, of course... Okay. Now, you can always go on the whole... 
it's magical, so it's more powerful. But I would have been more accepting if they just pointed it at you and you died. Like, it's basically a wand. I would have been fine if they had made it a wand because that makes sense. I would have loved that. I would have been all over that. <laughs> Instead, I was looking at this hunk of bone and I was like, yeah, thanks for the caveman weapon, guys. Great. Um, but uh, the Mark of Cain, um, let's not forget that they're related to Cain and Abel. Oh, yeah. That shit. Again, up. who is not at this point? First of all, you would have to be related to Cain and Abel since they are the descendants of Adam and Eve. By default, you would have to be related to them. That and, like, where are the daughters of Adam and Eve? What are they breeding with? Eve. Ew. Like. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you have only guys write it that only value sons. Then you're like, wait. Wait. What did they reproduce? Who's the theme oh this is awkward god oedipus syndrome all over this thing i mean and let well unless they had the angels come down with like <sighs> it's weird but angels and... only fell for the for the daughters of man they were male angels mm. yeah i don't know don't get me to lying um <laughs> let's not look too deeply at theology it cannot stand to the test of a microscope. Uh, I'm the atheist. I'm not allowed to say anything on that point. So that's all you. Um, Dean acquires the mark of Cain from Cain himself, who is still alive, by the way. And when he killed his brother, he became the original knight of hell, as well as the trainer and creator of the rest of the knights. So basically, Lucifer was even, Lucifer couldn't even create his own knights. I think the problem I, I have with that is that, like, I don't know, I almost, so, I feel like the story of Cain and Abel, it's supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to be, like, a successful thing that Cain won, yes? I mean, technically? Okay. Because I feel like making him the first knight of hell and the trainee of all the knights is a little, like, counterintuitive to the original. I disagree. Because I feel like this is a fitting punishment if he has to bear the mark of Cain. Which, as we learn, is like, it makes you want to kill. But the problem is, he is able to control the mark of Cain and not kill. nodding very slowly because I don't know how to respond to that. But. Because that, like, that's the only problem. If his whole thing, if the Mark of Cain was all about you becoming murderous and he takes out entire villages, which he did for a very long time, before yes, he that. right, before he was able to learn to control it. And the, you have to live with the weight of those murders. So I don't mind if that's his thing. But he should not have been able to learn to control his bloodlust. That should have been completely uncontrollable. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the problems that bothered me about that was that it was done because his wife asked him not to. And then demons killed his wife. And out of respect, he's like, no, I'm not going to kill anymore. And it's like, you know what? Supernatural, we've been through this. Can you stop? 
making that the motivation for male characters. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a thing that exists to motivate a guy. I, I am a person too. I have my own motivations. I am not a lamp that can be broken so that they can be angry. My problem specifically was that he should not have found happiness. Like, why are we, like, this is my thing. Cain was a murderer, period. And this is not me talking as a Christian, because as a Christian, forgiveness, blah, 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 love, blah, 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 whatever. But as a basic rules that you establish, the mark of Cain makes you a murderer. He yes. should never be happy. Yeah, and that, this, was, that was the whole point of the mark of Cain. Like, his only happiness should be when he's killing. That is the only time you should see a smile on his face. And I would have, I thought, I think this would have been better if we had seen him chained up because he was such a murderer that they were afraid to let him live. Instead, we saw a retired old detective hanging out on his little farm in the, you know, outskirts of town. He's Lassie, (sighs) calling it. I'm saying it right now. It's Lassie. Anyway. Um, Kane basically says, hey, just take this mug. I don't need it anymore. Um, but when I lose control, make sure that you come back and kill me. One, what are you losing control for? You've had control over this mark forever. You're telling me that... If he's giving away the mark, why would he lose control? Like, you're telling me taking it off and putting it back on? Which he doesn't. He never puts it back on. So there's no... Like, is he, like, saying that he's innately a murderer? but the innate desire to murder was suppressed by the mark, it doesn't make sense. If anything, if you're innately a murderer, then you should be even more of a murderer. He should have been Jack the Ripper, if we're being honest. He should have been going through every street that he could. Every major murder that happened on a massive scale should have been him. I agree. And it should have been, if it wasn't him exactly, and he can transfer the mark, maybe it was him sending the mark out and then bringing it back so he can live vicariously through that mark. Because I would have accepted that. It's just... I digress. Because I don't want to focus too much on this. But it was very interesting the path that they chose. Like, as you said, an old retired man just sit Like, he might as well have been fishing. He might as well have been fishing when they walked up and waved at them. Hey, guys, how are you? Really? I just caught this tuna. <laughs> uh, it's just... Anyway, Sam helps Castiel look for Gadriel. And Castiel comes face-to-face with Bartholomew, who wants him to join forces to hunt down Metatron. And Castiel again says, no, I don't want to do this. Did you appreciate this whole scenario? I mean, we already said that he thinks that it doesn't really make sense. I'd be fine with like a tentative alliance where it's like, you know what? I don't agree with your ideals. You don't agree with mine. I frankly think you're an idiot and I kind of want to kill you. But you know what? He's a bigger threat. Let's kill him first. I'd be fine with that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what you want to do, right? Right? Does that not apply to angels? Apparently not, because they're constantly killing each other, so. Your enemy and your friend are both my enemy. Screw them both! Um, ba 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 
Castiel disagrees with Bartholomew's ruthless methods and ultimately has to kill him in self-defense. This was a cop-out. And (laughs) the reality is that Bartholomew was like, if you won't join me, then die. Why? I just told you I won't join you. I won't join that side. I don't care. Do what you want. Yeah, he's not saying, I'm against you. I'm going to take you down. He's saying, no, I don't want to be involved in your side, but you can continue doing what you're doing. And Bartholomew was like, no, no, you don't get to not pick a side. You die. Dude. Dude. Let's, let's, let's relax here. Let's try to be a bit better. Because there's only so many angels to go around and, like, the level of murder between angels. This is genocide at this point. Oh, it massively is. And it's it's weird because it's coming from within their own ranks. Mm, 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 mm. Um, blah, 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 blah. Dean finds Abaddon and kills her. But the mark of Cain begins to affect him, bestowing him with great strength, but the painful desires are killed. Again, why wasn't this affecting Cain? Do you want like, me to answer? Because I got nothing. <laughs> because it does not make sense. Like, this is, you're telling me that he's able to just basically be in his house relaxing. And everybody's like, we won't go to his house. He doesn't mess with us. We don't mess with him. It does not make sense. No, it doesn't. And, I don't know, maybe he gets off on killing little spiders that crawl into his obviously decrepit house. Also, um, what demon was stupid enough to kill Cain's wife? Yeah, that would be dumb. Like, why would you go up to the guy with the mark of Cain, known for raising, for training the knights of hell, and kill his wife? Like, why? What on earth would possess you to be that stupid? It's just, I don't know. I'm just ridiculous. Like, please don't kill anyone, and that's all it takes for him not to kill anyone. You're telling me no one asked him not to kill them. No one was crying tears as they, like, were over their dead husband, son, father, brother, sister, wife, cousin, whatever. And no one said, don't do this anymore. No, it's his magical wife that happens to change his mind. Uh, Anyway, let's just move on because I'm trying not to, like, be too upset with this season. Um, Gabriel gets tired of Metatron's lies and defects, teaming up with Castiel to try to stop him. Why does Castiel believe Gabriel at this point? I don't like. Know. And my my problem with this was Castiel refused to believe Bartholomew and join him, but Gabriel has already betrayed you. And obviously, so why would you why would you want to team up with him? Like, he's like, I can tell you Metatron's plan, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, so could Bartholomew. Exactly. And he had an army behind him. And, you know, he didn't possess Sam. Under under false pretenses, too. That wasn't part of, like, at least Bar- Bartholomew was a jerk, but at least he was a lying. He, we knew he was a jerk. It was exactly. upfront about being a jerk. Anyway. Castiel and Gadriel try to infiltrate heaven and destroy the angel tablet. And cut off Metatron's power, allowing them to kill the angel, but they are caught and put in Heaven's dungeon. Because, of course, they have to be. This is just... Uh, um, Gabriel... Heaven has all these dungeons. 
I'm really mad about that. Like, I don't know why. Like, because honestly, I would love to see uh, the dungeon of balls, which is just ball pits. Like, yes, that would be really fun. I mean, all right. Maybe it's just me, but when you say there's a dungeon in heaven, I'm kind of picturing something that's like actually kind of cushy and it's like a hotel room, but you just can never leave. Because otherwise the alternative is like a dungeon like hell. And it's like, well, if you've got he- if you've got hell in heaven, what's the point of hell? Well, they kind of said that the he- the dungeons in heaven are worse than the ones in hell because you don't expect them in heaven. But still, like then why even have hell if you've got dungeons in heaven? Why bother with hell? Because they were made before there was a hell? Question mark? But if humanity was free from sin, why would you need dungeons? And also, you can't really send an angel to hell. Aside from Lucifer. I was just about to say, Lucifer's a thing. <laughs> like, you can't really send an angel. Like, and technically, Lucifer made hell. So, he was like, okay, you're kicking me out of your house, Dad. I can make my own house. So Lucifer, what you're telling me, wait, what you're telling me is Lucifer is just in his perpetually edgy gothic stage. <laughs> I can pay my own bills, Dad. You stop it. I'm going to go to Hot Topic and my place is going to be red with fire and black and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be so much better than your stupid white house with the stupid white angel with the heart. You, you learn, Dad. And now he's just too old and embarrassed to change it, so he has to stick with it. Right. <laughs> he just keeps adding new worms that are more mature. Slowly. Slowly <laughs> weeding it out. This is this is the period that I was in blue, so let's just do blue walls and blue flames. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Castiel. <laughs> uh, Gabriel is... Gadriel. I keep calling him Gabriel. Gadriel is forced to sacrifice himself to set Cassiel free in order to make amends for his wrongdoing. Because being trapped in heaven's darkest dungeon for millennia wasn't amends enough. I'm still stuck on the heaven's darkest dungeon thing. <laughs> like, why? I'm, I'm not okay with it. <laughs> eh, like I said, I don't care. Uh, it's so funny because I feel like I should have more of an issue than <laughs> I know, right? I guess I don't know. I'm expecting it to, you know, hold up to. Never mind. I'm gonna stop there before I yeah, offend I think somebody. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like you're supposed to have better standards than this guy. One star on Yelp. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go write a negative review. <laughs> Heaven's darkest dungeon. The truth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, One out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> Cassiel manages a trick marathon. Marathon. It takes back heaven. Um, but he chooses to spare Metatron his life because he is dying and he drains his grace. I don't care. I I know I'm supposed to care. But Cassiel is now the hero, and, like, okay, technically this is a problem that you started, so you're just cleaning up your own mess. Yep, that's about it. I'm just, like, part of me at this point is relieved that he has enough grace back, because it was really frustrating 
without it. Uh, Sam and Dean try to summon Crowley to fix Dean. However, Crowley shows up to the bunker on his own and places the first blade in Dean's hand, turning him into a demon instantly because reasons. I, I don't know. Because drama, actually, because that's what the show needs more of. Like, because if anything, it should have turned him into a knight of hell, since that's what happened with Cain. Okay, that I would have liked. Instead of just, you know, basic demon, can't we, like, expand it? It should have been Knight of Hell. It really should have been. And then, you know, Dean would have been the proper heir to the throne of hell. That would have been really, really cool. And then he would have been fighting to take over the hell that he abandoned. And then he was tortured in. Like, it would have been interesting. That would have been awesome. Especially since we already have a bit of a flip with the angels and demons side. Normally Castiel, or not Castiel, normally Sam is the one getting possessed by demons or have some sort of demon-related issue. Now we have Dean with that, and this time we have Sam getting possessed by an angel and having, you know, a, a very annoying angel issue. Um, so having that flip was already, that was already fun. It kind of made up for the lack of this season. But having Dean having to fight to take over, wanting to take over Hell himself, that would have been cool. Hmm. I agree. I think it definitely would have been cool. And then, like, as he ascends to the throne, they cure him. <laughs> since, since he, would have had to, he would have had to fight Crowley, too. And they've been working with Crowley for a good few seasons now. Well, they've, they've I guess, see, they've been working with him, but they've kind of really been using Crowley, and he's been using them. Yeah, it's, but it's a mutual, it's an understood relationship at this point. <laughs> um... A couple episodes that we want to talk about in not in depth, but like I'm just gonna gloss over these episodes because, well, at least the first one. The first one we're talking about is Slumber Party, which is about the witch, Wicked Witch, the Wizard of Oz, and the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, basically, Dorothy locked herself inside of a jar with the witch because she couldn't defeat her. There's a war in Oz because ooh, Oz war, blah blah blah. Um, Charlie ends up getting involved. Um, the witch kills Charlie. Dean forces Ezekiel to bring her back. Um, that happens. Charlie's like, oh, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Dorothy uh, was the daughter of a man of letters, and they learn how to defeat a witch. Charlie stabs the witch to death with a heel of a ruby slipper, and Sam and Dean are free for the witch control. Dorothy then invites Charlie to go to Oz because they have to free it from the forces of evil because she's been gone so long. Also, side note, if you are a civil fighter, why would you lock yourself in with the the anti-version of yourself and leave all of your troops to take over? I agree, especially since what we've seen of this... Like, we've seen this happen. This is basically what happened on Earth at the or Heaven at the moment. It doesn't end well for those troops. <sighs> anyway, Charlie goes to Oz because she wants to become a hunter and be cool or whatever. Because hunting is awesome. I thought this was a decent episode. It was okay. I, I think because I like Felicia Day, I give, I give her more credit than this, this deserves. I was just about to say Charlie's in it, so it was good. And that's basically the extent of that episode, because on the one hand, I kind of appreciate 
the the Wizard of Oz reference, but on the other hand, I don't know how much I like it in Supernatural. I, I, I didn't mind it being in Supernatural. My only problem was they didn't execute it well to me. Yeah. Because, again, as a hunter, why would you lock yourself up with a big bad? Like, I was more appreciative of the um people who locked up Abaddon because they locked her up and left. This is the only time where you should lock something up and walk away. And even they had someone who was supposed to be guarding her and he just died. And there was no one to replace him because the men of lettuce were gone. They have a lot of... I mean... At least Sam and Dean do it a lot where they will where they will lock the thing in with themselves. Or Sam does it, I think. But it's still, like... Outside of those two, I don't see why it needs to be done. And that's only because we know that they will always survive. They are basically indestructible. They really are. They have angels on their side. They have demons death on, on their, their side. side. Exactly. They have death. I was going to lead up to that. But <laughs> yeah, they have death. They have demons. They have angels. It's just like, you know, at this point, you're going to have to kill everything else before you can get to them. But yes, you would have to literally destroy the world. <laughs> the final season, whatever that one is, like 25, whatever season it ends on. I want one of them to be dead and stay dead. That's that how it should be, end. Or they exactly both die. They just both, both are dead. Because without, if both of them are dead, they can't bring each other back. So let's just leave it there. Uh, anything else you want to talk about about this episode? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay. So the next episode that we're probably going to do a little more detail on is Sharp Teeth, which is Garth. Um, he gets hit by a car after mutilating a cow. Sam and Dean arrive, arrive to investigate because they haven't seen him in months. He claims he doesn't know what happened. He escapes the hospital. Sam and Dean follow him and discover that Garth has married a werewolf and is now one himself after being bitten six months before on a hunt. Did you like the fact that Garth was a, a werewolf and he married into a werewolf family? I did. I actually thought it was really cute because the hunter turning into something that he hunts and then falling in love with that, I thought that was a really cute story. And like I have been, I've been begging for gray areas in this series since season one, and it took them eight seasons to get there. But hey, we finally got there, and I really, really like it. Um, especially when you have a more like human, when you have a more human-ish or partially human monster. Uh, I understand that Supernatural's monsters are normally entirely human with just sharp teeth, but my point stands. Um, when you have something that you know retains the brain of a human, I really expect it to be able to act human on occasion, and or even have full control now and then. And seeing Garth have that was fantastic, and I was really happy with this episode. Hmm. Do you remember the whole Garth is like I can't kill. I'm I'm fine. I don't have to kill. Everything is fine. And he's like, um, my pack won't hurt anybody who can peacefully coexist. I found that, like, I agree with you, that's a very much a great area. But I found it ironic that Garth was the one who did it. Also, what happened to his other girlfriend? Yeah, good question. Also, the thing I want to bring up, he was bitten six months ago. He's married. When did he meet this werewolf girl and how long have they been dating before he married into this pack and who bit him? Oh, yeah, exactly. Also, 
what like is this a arranged marriage did she bite him because she wanted a husband it's so many questions yeah if that's the case then i don't like it <laughs> if it's like an arranged marriage like they met and he you know they brought in the lone wolf to the pack and they're like you know what? We need new blood. Here's the daughter of of the pack leader. Here you go. Arranged marriage it up. That I'd be okay with that. I mean, I wouldn't really be okay with that. But I plot reasons I'd be okay with that. Um and Sam is willing to trust Garth while Dean is like, "No, you disappear for too long. You're suspicious. I don't trust you." And this felt very much in line with their characters. It did. And I feel like because it felt so in line when we have things like we have Benny from previous season, I felt like Dean could have been a little bit quicker to for to accept Garth as the werewolf that he is. Maybe like I would still want to see him protest a little bit, but I like the idea. I I would have wanted to see him, you know, come to terms with it just a little bit faster. Well, now that you're speaking about Benny, it would have made more sense where he's like, I know Garth, I trust Garth. Like I understand that there are those who can live with this and not be awful. Um, ultimately, Sam and Dean are lured into a trap by the local sheriff who is a werewolf, and he is forced to kill the sheriff. Um, they go looking for Garth, and Sam finds him and his wife, Bessie, missing. And they were kidnapped by pack members while Dean finds out that they worship Furnace. And believe that when Ragnarok comes, they can overrule mankind. Life of the Minister mur- plans to murder Garth and Bess because they are, like, hippies, basically. Which is funny. I love that element. Like, they're like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? And Garth and Bess, like, have drunk the Kool-Aid. And it, it's like, I don't want to say it's like a cult, but it kind of is. Yeah, I see what you mean. But, they kind of, it has a little bit of it. It's not... It's not, you know, a horrible cult in that case, but in a way. Well, it kind of is because they're, one, they're saying this is what we believe, and then they're slowly killing people. And not only that, they're mad because Garth and Bess don't see through the act of them not killing people. Like, basically, they tell Garth and Bess, we're hunters. How dare you insinuate that we should do what we told you we were going to do? Poor Garth and Bess. I mean, yeah, I think they, I don't know, I I kind of, part of my problem is I'm struggling to fully remember this episode, but I do remember the, um, the, oh, it was like the, it was like the stepmother of Bess, wasn't it? Yeah, she was a stepmother, because the mother truly believed this. Yeah, I remember the mother truly believed it, and the father truly believed it, but the stepmother came in and was trying to, like, convert them to... And she did. She converted most of his his path. She can. I couldn't remember how many she got. I know she got a good amount because like it was at least half. Yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, I'll give you half. It was crazy. Um. Ultimately, Garth is like, um, this is sad. I can't believe this happened. Blah 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 blah. Um. We can. But he's like, you know what? I can return to hunting. And I can use my new werewolf powers, but Dean tells him to enjoy his new life because he realizes that werewolves aren't bad. Dean tries to make up with Sam, who agrees to return to Dean on the hunt, but he doesn't fully trust him anymore. Which, again, knock on wood, this is reasonable for Sam. That's two. That's two. So glad it's recorded. (laughs) 
Um, I feel like, you know what's funny? I'm probably going to disagree a little bit. I feel like, really, Sam? After everything? You're, you're not going to fully trust him? I mean, yeah, I'd be pissed because, you know, angelic rape. He basically angelic date raped him. For God's sake. I would be so upset. No pun intended. <laughs> and um, he... So, I understand them. I understand Sam being upset in that context. But also, nine seasons of them betraying each other halfway through the season. At some point, it's just like, you know what? We just never trust each other. Let's just get that out there. I'm going to keep you at an arm's length because you're uh, you're high on demon blood sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, you angelic date raped me. So, you know. At that I point, was in just... hell. I was in hell kind of trumps that. See, still, I'd still be like, all right, I'm just going to, like, push you guys aside, and everything's just going to be like, I love you, but I don't fully trust you. It, but I, I will say that in this scenario, as Sam, I, I would not fully trust Dean either. Because of all the lies that they told to each other, they never allowed themselves to be possessed unwittingly. Like, it's yeah. one thing to lie about demon blood. It's another thing to allow something to take over my body and when I come to you and I say I feel like I'm going crazy I don't know what's happening I am losing chunks of time what is going on and you're like I don't know man maybe you need some more sleep like what are we doing here yeah and I don't know I'm still stuck on the on the he allowed the angel to possess him without his consent and getting false consent that that is so I hate that so much also that is also a date rape analogy guys like if it, I it say absolutely that, is. Yes. Like if I say we're only doing one thing, that means that you're only consented to do one thing. Period. And I don't know how much, how intentional it was of the writers to do that. I almost want to say it wasn't intentional. Right, I was about to say, it didn't feel intentional. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was supposed to be a date rate reference, but it really it really parallels it so well. But again, a lot of this show does, and I don't know if that's because there aren't as many women in the writing room. And even so, would they be afraid to speak up and say, this feels kind of rapey, guys? And I feel like, to an extent, bringing it up and showcasing it in a way that is like, this is bad. This is, you know, if they do it right, I would be okay with it, but they don't do it right. Everything just feels rapey and gross when they do it. And they can't, they need more women writers to balance it out and say, you know, or at least women editors to be like, hey, um, that's creepy. Can we not? (laughs) Uh, that, but that's about it for this season. Anything else that you want to say about season nine? Um, no, this one was kind of forgettable. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Geeks of the Machine Supernatural Edition. Please feel free to listen to a variety of other podcasts that we have available on our platform. You can find me at OP Jasmine. You can find Adelaide at OP Addy. You can tweet the show at Real OP Tweets. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, um, and all of our other followable platforms. Please feel free to check out the website, overpowerentertainment.com. And if you have any comments, please leave them in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, anything else? Uh, nope. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye! Bye!